Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Through the Clouds podcast. I am your host, Jared Schiedemeyer, and I'm joined alongside my co-host. Ava Albright. How are you doing today, Ava? Doing good. How about you? It was a beautiful, warm day in the Chicagoland region today. A little rainy, but, you know, well, better than snow. Rain's not that bad. Yeah. But way better than snow. I'll take this over snow any day of the week. We are two college students in a Part 141 program, getting our ratings and aspire to be professional airline pilots. And we are here because we like making podcasts, or at least this is the fourth time we've enjoyed making a podcast because this is episode four. So, yeah. So, yeah. We just can't stop talking about planes. Exactly. Uh, This episode, we got some questions from a couple of our viewers. Second one is going to be our own aviation stories for this week. And we've got a couple exciting ones in there. Yeah. Uh, We got some aviation news, uh, some jokes, of course, of the featured incident of the week, as well as we're adding back on segment number five, the featured plane or airport of the week. And this week we have an airport for you. So stay tuned. A lot of exciting stuff coming up here Yep, on Through the Clouds Podcast. So let's start off right away. We got some questions from our beloved viewers. All right. So the first question we got was Janet from Oshkosh. Hello, Mossy. Hello, Mossy. Uh, her question was, what are the steps to getting your commercial pilot's license? And just to kind of clarify this, I had to ask her a follow-up question. Um, people perceive the word commercial pilot's license as different than what we view it as so your commercial pilot's license is actually a certificate you get normally after your instrument certificate that does mean you can fly passengers but that does not mean you then and there become an airline pilot correct the commercial license is similar to a cdl in which that allows you to operate an aircraft for compensation yes before the commercial certificate nobody can pay you uh to fly an airplane and so the commercial certificate allows that. Most common commercial jobs include flight instructing, um, being a crop duster, flying aerial tours, yep. maybe um, something like that. Um, and then, in order to fly commercially, as an airline pilot, as in United American Southwest, etc., you need an airline transport certificate. That is a lot more difficult to get. Um, rather than a commercial pilot certificate. And a lot more expensive. Yes. Um, more steps to go through. So we'll kind of, I mean, we, sh- we should just answer both, right? Yeah. So the first one for the steps to getting your commercial pilot's license. Obviously, every pilot begins at the student pilot stage. Um, once you get through that, then you get your private pilot's license. After that is the instrument pilot's license. Um, yep. It's a wanna... it's an add-on rating yep. that allows you to fly in clouds and weather as well as fly on instrument flight plans and into class alpha airspace above 18,000 feet. And that is what you were working on right now. That is what I am working on. After that, that is when you start working on and you can eventually get your commercial pilot's license. Yeah, so that commercial pilot's license comes with some pretty steep barriers. you got to have at least 250 hours total time to get your license. You have to have 100 hours of pilot and command time, 50 hours of cross-country pilot and command time, 10 additional more hours of instrument training, as well as 10 hours in a technically advanced aircraft, which includes an aircraft that has an autopilot and um, some sort of like glass cockpit display, such as the Cessna 172S model that we have here at Lewis. And some people kind of get confused when we say cross-country. We do not mean a literal cross-country like New York to Los Angeles flight. 
We mean just a flight basically over what, like 150 nautical miles? I think 50, actually anything over 50 50? miles in the eyes of the FAA counts as a cross country. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what we mean. Not like a full literal cross the country flight. Correct. So, and also remember 50 miles to us in the air is different than 50 miles across the ground because it is is direct point to point distance versus roads making turns. Stop signs. Stop signs. All that stuff. We obviously can just go straight from airport to airport. Without making any turns or detours. Hopefully. If the weather's good. Yes. <laughs> Weather and people printing. Perfect. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And then you step to getting your actual airline pilot's license. you want to go through that one? Well, yeah. So, um, it, you have to take an ATP-CTP course. Uh, usually, airlines offer this sort of training. Uh, they will pay for it. You have to do simulator work. Um you have to do a certain amount of approaches, procedures, engine outs, and then you have to also pass a written and a check ride as well for that. And most of the time, this is included within your airline initial in-dock training, um, which is that six weeks when you get hired at an airline where you learn, go in the simulator and learn how to fly the big planes. Uh, the ATP CTP course is completed during then. But this is all after you're getting, you know, everything leading up to, mer- to commercial, and then after that, you're getting your multi-engine as well. Correct. Yep. You have to, in order to qualify your ATP CTP, you have to have a commercial multi-engine with instrument rating add-on. And then, of course, you have like your restricted ATP, which is a minimum of how many hours, Jared? Uh, Our restricted here at Lewis is going to be, or any four-year bachelor's degree program is 1,000 hours. Mm -hmm. If you go to a two-year tech program, that is going to be 1,250 hours. If you do not get any degree, you have to get 1,500 hours. And if you go come from the military, you have to get 750 hours. It may not seem like a lot, but it is definitely a pretty, that is pretty a large one hours. You know? But yeah, so that is the answer to that question. Thank you for asking it. Thank you, Janet. Uh, the second question, David from Oshkosh. Hello, Popsy. Hello, Popsy. How much do wind, uh, wind speed sorry, affect takeoff and landing? You can go ahead and answer this one. Oh, well, thank you. Um, wind speeds really can affect our takeoff and landing distance uh, greatly. Uh, we never, ever, ever want to take off or take off or land with a tailwind. Uh, this allows less air to flow over the wings, requires a higher liftoff um, or longer ground roll, uh, and it can be very dangerous uh, when coming into land. So you always want to take off with a headwind. The more headwind you have, the shorter your ground roll is going to be because the speed of wind over the wings is going to be greater um, because of the stronger headwind. But it also means once you go up, well, your airspeed, which is the speed at which wind is flowing over your wings Mm -hmm. in the airplane, uh, may be the same every time. Your ground speed, your ground, the speed you are going to cross the ground is going to be significantly slower with a strong headwind. So let's say you have about 15 to 20 knots of headwind. Would you do anything differently, especially on landing, than you would with, like, let's say, two to five knots of headwind? 100%. Um, I would, first off, we already know that our approach speed has to be faster. Yep. um, Because we're going to be coming in way too slow if we have that strong of a headwind on landing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd also take in consideration how much flaps I want to dump. A lot of headwind, a lot of flaps could lead to, um, you know, a lot of extra lift being created. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you kind of also, wind direction can play a big role. You know, you don't, I mean, most pilots prefer not to be landing in a kind of almost direct crosswind, which is basically wind coming at your side. I personally like a little bit of crosswind. 
I guess my landing some pizzazz. Yeah, I think sure. landing with some wind is a lot better than landing with yes. no wind. Yep. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've just gotten so used to doing slight cr- slight crosswind landings, just because. I mean, it's it's always pretty windy here. Yeah. You don't really I mean, have it is the windy days. city. Yeah. Um, but I I like them. I like you know, just correcting for that a little bit, but that's just personal preference. Yeah. Seems so, yeah. legit to me. That's those are those are the two questions we got this week. Um, feel free to email, um, Instagram, DM, text, anything, anything like that. Any questions you have for us, um, we are open to answering most of them. And you can find us over at ttcloudspodcast at gmail.com or ttclouds over on Twitter and the gram. The Instagram. Instagram. The gram. Okay. <laughs> on to the next or first segment, I should say. Ava, I heard you had quite the interesting day today, actually. I would say more exciting, not inter- like no, it wasn't super. Well, I heard you had an awesome day today. Why don't you tell us why? I had my stage check oral today, so um, I was you know, th- I was spent a lot of time studying for this. This is just like the speaking part. So you meet, you meet with someone, and they kind of go over like they ask you questions, give you scenarios, all that stuff, and basically have to answer them. Um, there's only three ways that this can like it can come out. Um, so unlike the normal, like pass fail, you have your satisfactory, unsatisfactory, and then discontinued. Um, so I obviously, of course, ended with a satisfactory. <laughs> Not um, to toot I her own I would expect nothing horn. less with the amount of studying I did. Yeah, Ava has been working quite hard on studying and preparing yes. for her stage one check. Yes, so that was very exciting. Did really good on that, actually, which, I mean... Ava, what does it there mean were some nerves, but now that you passed your stage one? What is it? What can you now do? Well, so I have to do the stage one flight still. Of course, yes. Yes, after I pass the stage one flight, though, that means I can start doing cross countries. I can start doing a couple more solos. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And then after that, will be stage two, and then the final check ride. Cross countries are my absolute favorite yes. part about flying. They're so much fun to go, you know, I mean, there's no maneuvers you have to do. You got to just do like a couple calculations. You're just sitting back, relaxing. Still flying, though. Well, of course. But flying is relaxing. Don't relax too much, though. Flying is relaxing. It's very therapeutic. For for some people. Not for everyone. For me, it is. Yes. Obviously. Which is why we are becoming pilots. (laughs) And you said you're prepping for your flight. Your stage check flight. Hoping to get that done this week. um, Preferably before we have our Easter break. Which is coming up at the end of this week, and then also like goes until next Monday. So I'm hoping to get that flight in. The weather's not looking the best, but you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's yeah. let's all cross our fingers at home for Ava yeah. to make sure she gets her flight done. Hopefully, by the time we record this episode next week, we have some yep. exciting news for Hopefully. you. Okay. What about you? Um. Well, um, I went in the simulator for the very first time and logged my first simulated instrument time within the uh, flight sim here at Lewis. Uh, worked on some DME arcs, distance measuring equipment arcs, which are dinosaur age procedures that the FAA still requires us to do. They have their reasons. Well, there's only like a handful of them around still. Yeah. I don't think as an airline pilot, we're going to be flying too many DME arcs. But hey, you never know. Yes, exactly. That's the thing. You never, you never really know what you're gonna encounter. So that is true. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Um, I did some. I went up flying today. Did some VOR tracking and intercepting. Went to the Piatone, cool. the Chicago Heights VOR. Not that most of you um, listening to this <laughs> podcast would know what that is, but hey, it's pretty cool. 
yes, let's just say he flew to Piatone in Chicago Heights. So yeah, that is correct. Yes. Um. But Ava, um, yes. we had we had an exciting week last week. Yes, we did. On Wednesday, what did we do? We went on a United tour. Not just any United tour. We went on the United Flight Operations yes, tour. That was very exciting. Um, you know, I could barely, barely sleep the night before. I was so excited. I know. Yeah. So I mean, you don't get to do it that often. Like you gotta, you gotta be lucky. Exactly. First off, shout out to the Airline Pilots Association yes. as well as United Airlines for yep. allowing us into their facility and the ALP for supporting us and leading us through this. Uh, quite the tour. We went and to... paying for our lunch. And paying, the ALPA <laughs> also paid for our lunch. Yes. And parking at O'Hare. Yes. So we can thank them. Thank you. Also, yes. a no thank you to O'Hare for having the most full parking spots it was, in history. It was spring break time. So we, we th- I think we found the only parking spot left at the entire O'Hare facility. And it was an outside parking spot And it was well. an outside parking spot that was pretty far away. It was, you know, pretty crazy, but... We found a parking spot, so that is what's most important, right? Yes, that is. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you want to go through some of the stuff we did? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. we went to O'Hare International Airport, yes. the Chicago hub and base for United Airlines. United so graciously welcomed us, took us through security. We boarded a United Airlines seven eighty seven dash ten that was going to Tokyo. I think it was Haneda. Yep. Was it Haneda or Narita? Haneda. All right, Tokyo Haneda, uh, a couple hours after we were on the aircraft, um, one of the you know, pilots for United turned on the APU for the aircraft. Yep. We got to go through the cabin, look at the luxurious Polaris business class that we will never be able to sit in. Yes, Jerry got to turn on the seatbelt sign. Uh, yeah, so yeah, then we were welcomed yeah. to the, to the uh, cockpit. Ava, of course, sat in the captain seat. I did, you know, just, yeah, I got to do it. She has to get used to it. Yes. Yeah. Because she's going to be doing it so often mm-hmm. in the um, in the future. Yep. So yeah, Jarrett was very excited to be able to control the seatbelt sign. Um, learn. I mean, learned a couple things. You know, it was so crazy being in there compared to a one seventy two. A lot more space for sure. I think this the seven eighty seven ten cockpit has more space than my dorm room. It, I, it I is mean, very spacious I say up that, there. But I think the sleeping compartment looked a little bit more comfortable. That was very comfy. Yes. It looked comfy at least. Yes. Yeah, we got to see the crew rest area for the uh, the pilots. Um, yeah. One of our good friends, Mac, he was able to make an announcement on yep. the aircraft. Uh, we were doing a joint tour with Southern Illinois University, and he made an announcement that our university was a little bit better than theirs. Yeah. So after we uh, – we also walked down on the ramp and saw the plane from the outside. That's correct. Um, it was kind of snowing outside, which was a little yucky, but it was okay. After that, we uh, went downstairs. You know, we kind of checked out more of the flight operations, got to talk with the chief and assistant chief pilots for United. That um, was very cool. Saw some of the pilots, toured where the pilots kind of sit pre-flight, do all that stuff. Yeah, we got to see. Their, plan their flights, all that. See, Ava did not get to see this because she got to go inside the ramp tower before I did. We were split up into two different groups. But I actually got to meet the flight crew that was taking that aircraft to Tokyo Haneda. Oh, really? And we got to sit in on their pre-flight discussion and the flight planning overview. That is really cool, actually. I'm kind of yeah. jealous. But, um, you know, it was super duper cool. All of it, yeah. To, we Just like you said, we got the tour. Um the ramp tower. Um, that was pretty cool. Why don't you Why don't you tell our viewers at home that might not know what is a ramp tower? 
So a ramp tower is basically controllers that are in charge of all the planes for that um, kind of like the concourse or the ga- like the gates in the surrounding areas near them where the airplanes come from either landing or before like obviously before takeoff they're going to be pushing back from the gate and then taxiing over. So they're kind of in charge of and oversee those operations before they actually take off or after they land. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool seeing that. It wasn't too busy when we were up there. It's kind of like slow time. Um, they have periods where there's mineral planes. Then they have obviously have periods where there's a lot of planes. I got to see one of the ANA planes take off, which is really cool. But so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the, the ramp tower was definitely a very interesting part. And all of this was besides the being on the aircraft was all behind the scenes stuff. So yes. this was in the catacombs or basement of Chicago's O'Hare yep. Airport underneath Terminal C. Um, yeah, what else did we get to see there? We got to see the uh, um, United AOC, the Airport Operations Control Center. Uh, we can't share too many details mm-hmm. about the AOC for security purposes, uh, but we did get to see where the brains of the Chicago Air Base was. Yes, that was really cool. Um, and then, you know, then we got lunch, and which was really good. That was my first time having Portillo's. Portillo's. I wanted to say Polito's. Shout out to Oshkosh. But, you know, <laughs> I keep getting it mixed up. But, yes, Portillo's. First time having it, it was pretty good. Yeah, Pratillo's um, has some good Italian beef and hot dogs and burgers and all yeah. sorts of stuff. What we do after that? Then we went to the United Airlines NOC, which is like the brain hub for United Airlines. This yeah. is where crisis management, dispatch, et cetera, et cetera is. This was off campus of the Chicago airport. We cannot unfortunately disclose a location and we can't share too many uh, details about our tour because once again, for security purposes, yes. um, it has to be left top secret for our eyes only however on the drive back i chose to drive everyone in the car was very tired um jared fell asleep instantly as i drove out of the parking lot three kids in the back all fell asleep um it was pretty funny it was about like an hour hour and a half drive back um snoring a lot of eventually everyone woke up one kid was like my neck hurts and i was like i wonder why he was slunched all yeah. the way over. Everyone at one point was like resting on each other's shoulders. And I was like, I wish I could sleep right now, but I'm obviously driving. So no. Thank you for not sleeping. We, we greatly You're appreciate welcome. your sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty funny. It was pretty obvious. Everyone was very tired. We had an early mean, morning. I would say we started, we woke up, we had to be at the Lewis airport by seven, yep. which I mean is a five minute walk from my dorm room. But I mean, to college kids also seven o'clock is like 4am. So exactly. And, um, and we were we left the NLC at like five thirty p.m. Yeah, so like so it was a it was a long day. day. Yeah, a very very fun day though. It Not was amazing, an unparalleled experience. Yes. So after that, um, hey, uh, what comes next? Um, you know that's a really good question. Um, I'm trying to think what what in our podcast comes next. Let's let's see if we can go Segment. to our call center. Ring, 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 ring. Hello? Yes, Mr. President? Oh, okay, that's what's up. This is your weekly aviation news with the Through the Clouds podcast crew. I'm your host, Jared Schienemeyer, joined alongside my co-host, Ava Albright. And we are here to report on the news. Ava, what do we got going on this week? Well, first of all, um, this kind of stood out to me for many reasons. Um, You'll probably understand right after I say this. JetBlue had a annual fly like a girl event in fort lauderdale um more than 100 local 8 to 14 year olds were brought together 
at Jetscape Services to learn more about the industry of aviation and everything that falls under that category. Um, obviously, you know, it's had a partnership with the JetBlue's Flight Crew Member Resource Group, um, Women in Flight, Women in Aviation, all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, me as like me being a part of Women in Aviation and like me doing all this different stuff, like last summer I participated in Girl Venture at EAA. Um, this, at the end of this month, I'll be participating in another women and girl led thing at EAA. Um, so that's pretty exciting. So yeah, this kind of just stood out to me just because, you know, obviously women are still kind of growing in appearance in aviation, um, especially on the pilot side, maintenance side, all of it really. So yeah, this, I mean, there was a similar event then to American Airlines also did a similar thing in Miami. Um, oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. Yep. So both things have happened recently. Um, hopes that it did bring attention to a lot of people. Um, hoping that more girls choose to be in aviation. That so, yeah. is exciting. Yeah. Ava, I have some also exciting news for you. What is it? The um, OAG, um, which is listed as the... Uh, oh. I don't know what OAG stands for, but not to, uh, I'm sure Eva knows, um, but OAG uh, found out that the Airbus A320 is named the most used aircraft in the world for passenger use. Uh, and this is by, like, it's a long, it won by a long shot. Over 550 billion aircrafts um, are used on a daily basis. Uh, of course, obviously not 550 billion a day, but 550 billion usages of an A320 have been used um, in 2022. That is really, really cool. Um, I did I did find um, what OAG is. So OAG is the world's leading provider of digital flight information and intelligence and analytics for airports, airlines, and travel tech companies. There you go. We still do not have like an exact name, title of what OAG stands for, but that basically sums it up of what they do. Yeah, and that was, uh, that was found second was the 737-800 with over $250 billion. The 777-300 with exactly $250 billion. And then uh, towards the bottom of the list, in the top 10, we have the E320neo with about $150 billion and the 787-8 with about $145 billion. Wow. So congratulations, E320, yeah. on being by far the most used aircraft type. And that's just that's the A320 standard edition. Yeah. That's not the 19, the 18, the 21. That's mm -hmm. not the Neos. That's not the XLRs. That's just the standard A320. Yep. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Um, another thing, Singapore Airlines has taken delivery of its first post-pandemic 787-10. Um, you can see, you can notice kind of a lot of airlines are purchasing and investing in more 787-10s. Great airplanes. You know, I mean, it's in the name, Dreamliners. You know, it's a dream. It is a dream. I mean, <laughs> after seeing it firsthand, yes. I think that the 787 is now my new target aircraft to retire on. Yep. So uh, they um, got hand in that. It has been a very, I mean, pre-COVID, that was what, like three years ago, about three years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. 
Um, so, you know, it's it's been a while. Um, but, I mean, yeah, 787s are coming back and coming popular. Very popular. Yeah. Good for C- Boeing. Congratulations, Boeing. Yeah. Boeing. As I say. <laughs> but... Okay. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I just have a, just a couple. I seem to always update people on the summer schedules because yes. I mean that's very important. You got to know what you're getting into this summer. Exactly. And um, this summer, Emirates has announced that they are adding the A380 to their New Zealand route, specifically the Auckland route. So congratulations, Auckland! You are getting the A380 back for Emirates, upgrading from the triple seven three hundred ER. Atlantic Airways announced that they are going to start flying from the Faroe Islands to Newark. Sorry, not Newark, New York Stewart's Airport, which is about an hour and a half out of the city and is a popular low-cost international carrier airport due to its customs office. So, yeah, congratulations on Newark Stewart and um, the Atlantic Airways for getting another route in there. And new United Service is coming soon to summer near you. Uh, These were announced a little bit uh, longer ago. But uh, there's a lot of exciting new routes or returning routes for the yeah. summer 2022, sorry, 2023 season. They're coming. Some of the new ones include Chicago to Barcelona, Washington, D.C. to Berlin, San Francisco to Rome, Chicago O'Hare to Shannon, Ireland. Um, and then United also added uh, two flights per day total to Washington, Dulles, and two flights per day from Los Angeles. And then we have some Newark routes that are returning this year. The Azores, Palma de Mallorca, Tenerife, Nice, and then Chicago to Milan. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, really exciting. And then three brand new destinations that United has not flown to before. Yeah. We've got Dubai, which just launched. March 25th. Which just launched this last week. That was on Wednesday. Yep. Newark to Dubai. Nonstop. We have Newark to um Malga, Spain, and then Newark to Stockholm, Sweden. Those are three new destinations yep. for the 2023 summer season. That's I mean pretty cool. Yeah, go United. Yeah, for sure. This this episode is not sponsored by United no. Airlines, by the way. <laughs> Although it would be great if they did. <laughs> <laughs> wink wink. <laughs> Right. Um, well, that seems to sum it up for this week's news. Yeah, it's my favorite segment. It's your favorite segment. It's everyone's favorite segment. It's time for your weekly aviation jokes. Yes. Uh, this one is not a request. However, <laughs> it is aimed at a direct person. This is f- yes. for Andy, specifically for Andy Fine from the Chicagoland area. Andy and I have a joke just for you. What do you call Harry Potter in an airplane? What? The flying sorcerer. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny because I picked it, but yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I have a, I have a joke, but you know, all right. First, I'm, well, I'm ready to hear it. Yeah. Okay. First day as a pilot, control tower. Can you give me your position? Me. I am next to a cloud that looks like a lion. Control tower. Can you be more specific? Me. Simba. Rawr. Yeah. If you're a big fan of The Lion King, you'll, you'll like that joke. I thought that was funny. Yeah. All right. Mm. I have um, one more. So I dropped my phone from the Eiffel Tower. 
But, you know, it's okay because it was an airplane mode. That was very funny. It was. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, Ava. Yes. I have a question for you. Can bees fly in the rain? I don't know. Well, not without their little yellow hats, yellow jackets. I told you guys I'd, I'd get them this time. Yet the we soundboard's have to take still the closer to me. Of those buttons away from you. But why? I love the control of the, the, the buttons. Well, as you know, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know the last joke always gets the, uh, the crickets. In that, I guess, too. Yeah, well, you didn't do it this time. I dropped the ball in that one. Yeah. Well, it's okay because you know what? It's time for a super spooky story. No. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> Here we go. It was June. 29th, 1972, when a North Central Airlines Convair CV580 collided with an Air Wisconsin de Havilland, Canada DHC6 Twin Otter midair over Lake Winnebago, Wisconsin, killing all 13 passengers and crew. Located in the North Central state of Wisconsin, Lake Winnebago, of course, is a massive lake. The flights featured North Central Airlines Flight 290, which was a regularly scheduled flight from Houghton County Memorial Airport in Michigan to Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Along the route, the flight made stops in Iron County Airport in Michigan, Austin Green Bay Straubel International Airport, Oshkosh Whitman Regional Airport, and Milwaukee's Mitchell International Airport before terminating in Chicago, Illinois. Air Wisconsin Flight 671 was a regularly scheduled flight from O'Hare International Airport to Appleton International Airport in Wisconsin, with a stop at Sheboygan County Airport. It was at 9.28 a.m. when the Twin Otter departed Chicago for Sheboygan under an IFR flight plan. Shortly into the flight, the crew abandoned its IFR flight plan and opted to fly the first leg under VFR conditions. Still flying under VFR, the plane departed Sheboygan 13 minutes late, radioing the Air Wisconsin office in Appleton to say the expected arrival was about 10 minutes late. This was the last we heard from this aircraft. It was at 10.30 when North Central Flight 290 departed Green Bay for a flight to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and then on to Chicago. After climbing to 2,500 feet, the plane contacted Oshkosh ATC to tell them that they were 7 miles northeast at an altitude of 2,500 flying VFR. Oshkosh then cleared them to land on runway 27. Meanwhile, the Twin Otter was also flying the same height on its way to Appleton International Airport. At approximately 10.36, both planes collided over Lake Winnebago and exploded before crashing into the lake below. That is your air crash investigation story for this week. Yeah. Um, Quite the interesting incident. Yes, I mean, yeah. Very long ago, too. About, what, 51 years ago? Yeah. So, I mean, us both being from Oshkosh, too. Yeah, that, that's right in the backyard. Yeah, Lake, Lake Winnesoptic. <laughs> so the NTSB initiated an investigation into the midair collision, and they determined that the flight crews could not detect the other aircraft visually in order to initiate evasive action. 
They also noted that the report that the North Central pilots would be have it would be looking directly into the sun to see the approaching Air Wisconsin aircraft. Yes, and as you know, looking in the sun when you're in the air is not the most pleasant sight. Um, it's obviously very hard to see outside. Yeah, so, yeah, and then tragedy. Uh, wreckage from the collision was found. However, it is said that there could be more wreckage still within the lake today. Dun, dun, dun. Time to go scuba diving. In Lake Winnebago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why not? Well, you, you can do that, <laughs> and I will be not doing that. Yeah, and some more NTSB findings were the uh, adoption of standard radar for airports to allow, um, instead of VFR uh, reporting, uh, instead of seeing and avoiding uh, to do uh, check-ins, and also the uh, notion that IFR flight plans are strongly recommended for passenger service, even if prevailing under VFR conditions. Yep. And at this time, the Twin Otter was only about six years old. Um, it had been delivered to Air Wisconsin in 1966. Um, so, you know, not super-duper old. The Convair was delivered to North Central in 1953, so that was obviously an older aircraft. Um, but yeah, both decent aircraft, I'd say too. Yeah, I mean, many yeah. many uh, airliners still use the Twin Otter today. Mm-hmm. So, again, just a tragedy as all these are. Um, very unfortunate, sad, but you know, we you, you live and you learn. Live, laugh, learn, and love. And love. So, so yeah. Shabuma. Okay, Ava, I heard that you have a featured airport of the week for us. Yes. So this could be biased because of my giant fangirl obsession with Delta Airlines. Um, But, I mean, the airport this week is obviously going to be Hartsfield-Jackson-Atlanta International Airport. If you don't know, this airport is located in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, So it is, it's Delta's biggest hub in kind of Delta's where Delta's corporate is located, um, corporate headquarters. So that's all basically on airport grounds or near airport grounds. Um, I have had my share of Atlanta airport kind of experiences. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. Um, I obviously have been there a lot cause I fly with Delta most of the time. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's a big airport, you know, with over, I mean, it has 93 million passengers, which makes it the world's busiest airport by passenger traffic ever since 1998. When it unfortunately took the role from Chicago's O'Hare International yes. Airport. Um, you know. However, O'Hare still does remain the busiest as for takeoff and landings of airport operations. Yes, but... You know, it has it has concourse T, A, B, C, D, E, and F, which are all connected by the world-renowned plane train. The plane train. Yes. So, one of my favorite parts of the Atlanta airport. And who's the guy that talks in the plane train? Well, the guy doesn't talk in the plane well, train. You hear this guy around the airport, as you do in most airports, you hear the mayor makes an announcement. Well, he um, talks in the plane train. Mayor Andre Dickinson. Andre Dickinson. Yes. What an icon. Yes. If for you've sure. gone through the Atlanta airport at all, you have heard Andre Dickinson's sweet voice over the intercom welcome you to Atlanta International Airport, the gateway to Atlanta and the world beyond. Yep. 
Um, so as you may or may not have noticed, when you're on the plane train, well, basically when you're like me kind of surfing on the plane train, not holding on to anything, but besides your suitcase, <laughs> you notice that when they say Concourse D, they say D as in David, not D as in Delta. And I was very con- confused about this. Yes, we both, and um, we were both very, very interested in why. So we looked it up, not really thinking about it. And obviously, D is in Delta. Um, as you know, Delta Airlines. So that could confuse people. It probably has. Because if they say, this Delta. is Concourse D is in Delta, everyone find Delta is like, oh, yeah, this is where my flight is. So it uses the standard IKO letters for A, B, C, E, F, G, T. So Tango, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, etc. Yep. But for D, it uses David instead of Delta due to the Delta Airlines. Yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, we more recently did get to go to Atlanta just for a day. Um, we toured the Delta Museum as well as went to the History of Coke Museum and the Georgia Aquarium. Very fun day. Very cool seeing a Delta 747. By far one of my favorite days. Um, I got to sit in the engine of that plane. Um, a first class seat. Yes, first class seat as well. For sure, one of the coolest planes. We got to go inside the in upper deck. Yes, we did. Did you know, Eva, that when you sit in the bottom deck of a 747 and you're sitting in the very front, you're actually sitting more forward than the pilots who sit on the second deck? Yes, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, we act. Yeah, we actually both noticed that. We, I mean, you really like you have you have the closet in the middle, and then you got the two seats right up there. So that's it's kind of crazy. It sure is. But it's it's really cool. Um, we stood on the wing of the plane, um, which was also very very cool. We got some models. We went some bungee jumping off the tail. No, I'm just kidding. I wish we did that. That'd be cool. I'm just kidding. I don't want to do bungee jumping. Oh, really? Yeah, I would totally do that. Um, obviously, not off the tail, something higher, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, that's that's the airport for this week. You have anything else to say for it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's also important to note that um, some of its busiest domestic routes from in the twenty twenty two season featured Orlando, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, yep. New York, Miami. Tampa seems like Florida is the the place to go from there. Fort Lauderdale is a favorite for me because I love flying Delta from Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale because it is on a seven fifty seven. That is true. Delta seven fifty sevens are awesome. Uh, I personally am a giant fan of them. I mean, sometimes you run into the the sometimes it'll be the A three twenty one, but you know both are good. I prefer the seven fifty seven. I'm gonna be honest. I don't love the A three twenty one a lot. I I like it. Um, I like the size of it, you know. It's, it's too it's, long for being like so boring. No, that's where we that's where we disagree right there. But I don't maybe know. we're gonna start doing plane debates on the podcast where you pick a plane and I pick a plane and we decide which one's better. I don't know if we're gonna really have much time for that. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Some of our the busiest international destinations from Atlanta include Cancun, Mexico, Amsterdam, Paris, Mexico City. And Montego Bay, Jamaica. Yeah, that's... Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. Oh, that was an excerpt from Kokomo. Yeah. In case you did not know. 
I saw one of my first 747s in Atlanta Airport. It was a Cathay Pacific Cargo 747. Um, it was kind of an awe of how big the airplane was. You know, it's seeing it that crazy. close up, seeing it in person. I mean, obviously, after seeing the Delta 747, nothing could be better than that. But at first, when I saw a 747, I was like, that is insane. It is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, Delta Airlines, obviously, is the number one passenger carrier from there, carrying yep. 58 million passengers, or about 73% of all passengers. But that doesn't even include Endeavor Air, who carried 4.4 million, or 6% of passengers, under Delta Airlines' connection. Uh, the second biggest is Southwest, who also has a focus city in the Atlanta region. Spirit Airlines, who also has a focus city. And then surprisingly, American Airlines brings in number five at 1.9 million. Yep. Or a mere 2% of traffic. I also like to think of Atlanta Airport as one of the more almost minimal connection timed airports. You know, you either you, your flight before it gets delayed, I mean... Or you just set yourself up for failure at that point and end up having, like, a 30-minute layover in between. So by the time it takes you to get off that plane, sprint to your other gate, probably all the way across the airport, um, and get on that plane, you're probably one of the last people boarding. That's why we recommend that you have at least an hour in between landing and uh, boarding yeah. on your next flight. Yeah. I mean, for me, I like about an hour and a half, two hours. Almost the longer layovers I like better. gives me more time to, you know... Enjoy the Venture airport. out all to all the different gift shops. And I'm going to be honest. I feel like the longer connection time you have, the less drained you are because like you took your time versus sprinting and worrying about the next flight. Yeah, but I also understand people will sometimes just like want to get back. 100%. But for me, I like going to all the gift shops and trying to find as many different model planes and exactly. Lego planes that I can. But then I struggle to build the Lego planes. That is okay because you have me to help you. Yes. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, that's that's Atlanta for you. That is Atlanta's Hartsfield Jackson International Airport, as presented to you by not Andre Dickinson, but Jared Schiedemeyer and Ava Albright. Yes. Well, I think that wraps up episode four of Through the Clouds podcast. Yeah. That's all we got for this week. We'll catch you on the flippity flip next week. I hope you all have a great Easter if you uh, celebrate Easter. Yes. If you don't and you are enjoying a break or off of work, if you have that, uh, enjoy. If you are away during this holiday break because you are working in the aviation industry and you are required to work on holidays, we wish the best to you and hope you uh, enjoy the best of your day. Uh, and yeah. Um, but however, if you do celebrate Easter, don't forget to save me a Reese's peanut butter cup egg. Um, you'll be liked very much by me. So yeah. that's just that's just a little tip. But Maybe yeah. we'll set up a P.O. box for the podcast yes. and you can send us stuff. Yes. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that kind of wraps it up. The next episode, we might hear about Ava's stage check. Hopefully. How it went. Fingers crossed. Um, we might hear about exciting events we have going on in the future. We might hear about more airplane stuff. We might yeah. have some more aviation jokes for you. Because next week, at the end of the week, next week, Saturday, also I'm going to Key West for an air show. So, so we might even hear about that. The next week. Next week. The next next week. Yeah. But, you know, I'll definitely be talking about it next week. I'll give you the, the line of the performers. Don't worry. Okay. Well, folks, yeah. that's all we got Thank for now. Thank you for listening if you are listening. If you're not listening, I'm a little sad. but Well, they wouldn't even hear you say that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll see you next week.
Yep. Make sure you follow us. Email us at ttcloudspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at ttcloudspodcast over on the gram, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and we can't wait to see you guys next week on Through the Clouds Podcast. Signing off for now. See ya.